0: This evening's scripture reading will come from Mark chapter 3, verse 35. And it reads, for who, who, whoever shall do the will of God the same is my brother and my sister and mother. It's good to be able to come back together once again uh, I know as it's Father's Day, there are many out that probably have been with fathers and with their parents today, and for that reason, it looks like we're a little scarce, but still on the light side, we can come together and look at the bright side, and we can come together and praise our, our God in heaven. Tonight, as we, as we begin, I chose maybe a little of an unlikely passage to, to look at in Mark chapter 3. As we look at Mark chapter 3, we're going to talk talk about the family of Christ. This this passage actually caught my my attention last week as Mike was preaching uh, from Mark chapter 3. And I was looking down in, in verses 31 and following through the end of the chapter, and I came to came to the thought process in my head and I said I'd really like to preach on Mark chapter 3 so here we are and in Mark chapter 3 we're going to look at the family of Christ today it is Father's Day so the fathers that are celebrating uh, they're celebrating because of the idea of family now in Mark chapter 3 we have something a little different than uh, just the family of Christ in the situation where we talk about God's family the family that we are and in Mark chapter 3 We're going to look at both sides. In Mark chapter 3, we actually have first, as you go back to verse 31 and verse 32, it pulls out the point of physical family. If you look at Mark chapter 3 and follow along, in verse 31 and 32 it says, Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Now here we have the uh, physical family we're talking about. No doubt as it points out his mother, the brothers that would be mentioned also uh, would be the brothers of Christ. Now when we say a brother of Christ, that's something totally different than how we talk about brothers today. Because obviously within Christ there's no such thing other than a half-brother. Within Christ having a heavenly father and only an earthly mother, it would not be possible for him to have that true 100% blood relative uh, as as most families as as many families have today that you have the blood relative uh, where you share both parents the mother and the father this is something a little different because Christ here wouldn't have that now if you look in Mark chapter 3 verse 31 and 32 we see first that they're a part or Christ was part of a physical family Now, no doubt, all of us can understand many special things about being part of a physical family. Growing up, I was in a family where I had a mother and a father who loved me very much. And then, three years ago, I asked a wonderful little girl to be my wife. And tomorrow, we will celebrate two years together as we begin uh, our own family together. So we understand that there are many special blessings. There are many special things about being a family. There are special things about a spiritual family. And first off, as we notice, we'll be looking at the blessings of a physical family. First off, within that idea of a family, God instituted the idea long, long, long ago. You can go back to Genesis chapter 1, and we'll notice here God's design from the beginning. We'll actually start in verse 27 where it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. Within God's design, first we have the idea of a family where God points out male and female as the family comes together. Go down in verse 28, then it says, Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we drop down into verse 28 and we see something else. We see the multiplication that takes place within God's design of family. Well, as we continue on with the thought of family, go forward just one chapter in Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2... In verse 24, we'll see that the union, God's design for the family, was a union that lasted a lifetime. In John chapter 2 and verse 24, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So God had a design where the two come together and they become one, and this is going to be that one union that God had designed now there's something funny within the first three points that we see in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 about the idea of a family. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 it said male and female and everything today shouts, you can't say that's so. You go down to Genesis chapter uh, 1 and verse 28 and we see that it's a union is where the multiplication comes, comes about. Comes about where, where you see a husband and wife come together and reproduce and yet now today... Uh, the idea of the idea of saying that it 's only within a marriage is considered absurd. so first off, we have male and female called out. We have uh, verse twenty eight we have the husband and wife that reproduce called out, and then as you drop down to Genesis chapter two, verse twenty four we have the idea of the two becoming one, and that one is a oneness of a lifetime. and yet once again today, within the ideals of marriage, within god 's design for marriage uh, The nation, the world has come to a point where they look in and they say, that ain't right. Why would he make such a rule? But we see within God's design for a physical family, we see that God had a a purpose or a plan, a design for how a family would grow, how a family would work throughout time. We see in Matthew chapter 19 the same the same oneness that's pointed out in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24. In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 9, God gives the same design for the, for the husband and wife when he says, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries another who is divorced commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If such is the case of the man with his wife, it is, not, it is better not to marry. Within God's design here, he calls it out once again. The point is a oneness for life. God had a design that they would get married and the two shall be one flesh. So within God's design for families, within God's design for the family, we see the world today looks at that and and says no, that can't be the case. But within God's institution of family, we see the perfectness within His design. Notice also that physical families enjoy many blessings. Now as we go down through this chapter, uh, as we go down through Mark chapter three, you might notice, or you might feel like Jesus really belittles the family. But I don't believe that's the case at all. He's not belittling the family, but rather he's showing the importance of the physical family. I mean, of the spiritual family. If you look at the physical family, the, the blessings that we enjoy, you might think of children. In Psalm chapter 127 and verse five, it says, "Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them, speaking of children or grandchildren." What a great blessing it is to have, have the, the things that come from marriage. To have those children that love you, that desire to, to please you, to show their love in everything that they do. We see many other blessings that come in marriage. Even without, even without children, we can understand or we can enjoy the blessing of love. We have a mate that loves us. We have parents that love us. We have children uh, that can grow up to love. We can see that brothers and sisters have that special love. There's a special bond within our physical family. As you go on, we also see that there's forgiveness. You know, eventually your family has to forgive you. Oftentimes, you might get mad at a friend and never talk to him again, but within a family, most commonly, you see a forgiveness, a special bond within forgiveness. You see a special bond in friendship. I know I always call out my wife because, well, she's my wife, but my wife understands or she enjoys a special friendship with her mother. They call and they talk and they, they keep up their acquaintance. And she always says, did Mom tell you? And I said, yeah, she told me like three days ago. But there's a special friendship even within a physical family. And also there's great encouragement. Within a physical family there is great encouragement. Uh, my wife I would say does a much better job than me but there's often times where she always comes and she gives me encouragement. So within a physical family there are a lot of special things and those that I talked about are just a few. they are just a few of the special things within a physical family but because of time We're not going to take as long as we took this morning, so we're going to continue on as we look at the thought or the blessings of physical family. Now, within a physical family, we notice that God's design for a physical family uh, in Genesis where the, the mate would come together and they would be with their wife and it would last a lifetime. The two become one. But also within God's design in the New Testament, talking about fathers and mothers and children, all have their place. If you would, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 1. I mean, Ephesians chapter 6. If you look at Ephesians chapter 6, this is probably one of the first first verses I memorized growing up. And you might know why my parents had me memorize this verse among others. In Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So there was a design, there was a purpose, and God said, Children, you've got a job to do. Go on down in verse 2, it says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Continue on in verse 3, it says, That it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And it says in verse 4, You fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. So we see God's design within a physical family. There's a job that's given to each one. I believe that job that is given to the fathers is also, is also implied within that of a mother would do the same thing. But yet we see, we see other commands for the mother as well, just as we see other commands for the father. But Christ, Christ too, was part of a physical family. Christ, too, enjoyed many of the blessings of a physical family just as we do. If you go, go a little bit forward in Mark, if you go forward to Mark chapter 6, we'll see here they call out the family of Christ. As they say in Mark chapter 6 and verse 3, they say, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. So notice in in this passage in Mark chapter 6 that they knew some of the physical family of Christ. Now, there aren't many times where you'll see in Scripture the physical family referred to as far as Christ's physical family. And I believe the same reason we don't see their physical family referred to in in the Word of God, in God's, God's divine message to us, is the same reason why when Jesus calls out the family in Mark chapter 3, when he says, But who is my mother and my brothers? I don't believe he's trying to belittle the family. There are many great things in family but rather he exhorts the family in talking about how important the spiritual family is. You can also look in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 55. It's it's a, a lateral verse with that of Mark chapter 6 and verse 3, how they talk about Christ and his family. But as we go on, we'll notice what is so much more important. The opportunity that Christ takes to teach about the spiritual family. If you would flip back to Mark chapter 3 and notice just following what he said in verse 32 where he says, and a multitude was sitting around him and they said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. So just after he had said, hey, your mother, your brothers, and he's talking about physical family. Notice what Jesus said in verse 33, but he answered them saying, who is my mother or my brothers? He says, what are you talking about? Now, part of the problem is Jesus here is striving to teach. Jesus is, is using his spiritual nature right now. He's using his spirituality. He's teaching that of spirituality to these people, and they say, hey, your family's coming. Now, I know there are often times today you can relate with Jesus in knowing that you got family calling and saying, hey, I want to talk to you. Hold on just a second. Can you give me just a minute to speak with you? There are many times where you'll get the the phone call, and it's like, you better drop everything and answer, because that's your wife. You see here that Jesus had family calling, and we can relate to the idea of having family calling, and Jesus says, but who is my mother and my brothers? Now, as you go on into verse 34, it says, and he looked around in a circle at those who sat at him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Verse 35, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Jesus points out the importance of the the Christian family, being part of a Christian family. There's a great blessing in being part of a physical family. But I would say the, the blessings are even enjoyed more so in that of a spiritual family within a spiritual family it was not that long ago that the youth group and I and uh, my wife and Karen Ray were able to go halfway across the world you might say to a different world when we went to Iowa uh... we went all the way it seemed across the world across the nation we go to a different area in the country and we understand different things now physically we didn't have any blood relation Okay, they didn't have any blood relation as I'd, it was my parents, that, that the congregation where we were, my parents attend and my, my father actually preaches there. But they didn't have this blood relation with these people that we went to see. However, I did. But, more importantly, or more important than the blood relation is, when we got there, we had something in common. When we got there, as soon as we pull up, there was something special that we can hold on to in knowing that we're here with these people. We're here with these Christians that have the same goal, that have the same purpose, that have the same drive in life. So within our spiritual family, we can go halfway across the world, as though it seems, 10 hours away, 12 hours if you take the bus. You can go halfway across the nation, and yet we can still have a special bond with people that we've never met. We can have a special bond in knowing the purpose, the desire, in knowing that we're all striving to run the race that leads home. Being part of a Christian family has many, de- has many special things. But unlike a, a physical family, there's only one way to get into the spiritual family. There's only one way to become a member of the family of Christ. Sure, there were physical physical, earthly members that were a part of it as far as this physical family. But in order to enter the family of Christ being his spiritual family, there's only one way in, and that's adoption. Within the spiritual family, we understand a special bond in that there is adoption through Christ. If you would, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, "...having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will." Talking about the predestined plan of the the church. God's design for the church, how man could be adopted into the body of Christ. Now that adoption only takes place by following His will. In order to get into this family, it requires that we be adopted. That adoption that takes place is actually a fulfillment of a promise. If you would look in Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. Galatians chapter 3 is probably one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Verses 26 through 29 it says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave, nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all, are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. According to his promise. We see the the Abrahamic promise that all men could be blessed through the seed of Christ. Christ, the seed of Abraham, the promise to Abraham so that Christ could come about and we could, by God's design, then become a part of His church. We could be adopted into the blood bought church. If you look at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 3, I'm not going to turn there now, but we see the design or we see the promise that God gives how that all mankind could be blessed through this one man. And really, the one man is the fact that Christ is coming through Abraham. As you look also, if you would, turn to Titus chapter 3 and verse 7. In Titus chapter 3, verse 7, it says, "...having been justified by His grace, we should be heirs according to the hope of eternal life." We enjoy being an heir through the promise, through following of the will the new testament, the new covenant, the new will that we're able to study today, that we can live by through that heir, through the adoption that comes because of the promise through Abraham, we can be counted as sons of God by following God's plan. In 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it gives us the design for how we can be counted as sons of God. It says, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called, we can be called children of God. That's a special name. That's a special thing to know that we can be called children of God even though we weren't born physically into that family. But yet spiritually we have hope. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That we can be called. We should be called the children of God. So we have hope in the name that we can wear. In Christ there are none left out. In Christ the plan is that all could be part. You know as we read in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28. There was no Jew, there was no Greek. There was, there was nothing different than just Christian. You aren't this or that or another. You're not Jew. They would have, they would have understand that more understood that more prominently, as they were the, the chosen people, the special people, all their lives, they had known that, hey, it's about us. We're bringing salvation. We are God's chosen people. And now God set the plan up that no one would be left out. The plan was really put or was really promised in Genesis chapter 12. When the promise was made to Abraham, the plan was put into practice, which it was even put into practice before this, but yet we see that the plan that all man, all mankind can be saved through the blood of the perfect one. As you look in Romans Romans chapter 9, we see once again the idea of not being left out. We see it in Galatians chapter 3, and we see it once again in Romans chapter 9. It says, I will call them my people who are not my people. There they shall be called sons of the living God. We can be sons of the living God. God gave us a design for how we can be a part of his family And then he gives us how to be counted as his family. Notice back in Mark chapter 3. The proof text at the very beginning in Mark chapter 3, the very last verse. It says, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. The design for being a part of the family of Christ. The design was being obedient to the will. Sometimes it seems that people, people get confused, or maybe we get confused off what is the will? What was God's will? Well, as we look in the we look in the pages of our Bible, you can see that at the very front page, before you really get to the text, it says the old Testament. The old will and testament. We go to, the, go to the New Testament. If we, have the, if we have the New Testament only, we can open, and we look at the front page, and it says the New Testament, the new will. So God gave a will that's very simple to follow, and His will is obedience to this. It's really no different than us having a will today. If you made out a will and you were to pass away, and it came a time that then the family would, uh, would look at the will, they would open the will... And then they hire lawyers because they have to make sure that they get their share. And then we have lawyers that fight with other lawyers to say, we've got to follow that will perfectly. But yet when it comes to this will, it doesn't seem like there's always so much care. The will that we hold in our hand, God's design, God's gift to us, as an heir, we can then follow the will. Now today we can enjoy being a part of the Christian family. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 26, it gives it gives that design for how to be a part of that Christian family, but today we enjoy many blessings in Christ. Just like we enjoyed many blessings in our physical family. Now I believe most all of the most all of the blessings that we enjoy in a physical family can also be enjoyed in the spiritual family. Sure, you might not have children, but yet when you you teach one, they become your children. When you help another, another person to understand more clearly, they become your children. We can see Paul actually refers to one as his son in the faith. As his child, we see the blessings within the spiritual family are oftentimes identical to the blessings that we enjoy in a, in a physical family. But also, we enjoy redemption. If you look at Colossians chapter 1, well, specifically in verse 14, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins. We have redemption. That's something you don't enjoy. That's some, a blessing that you don't receive within a physical family. We have something that's very special. We notice in Romans chapter 6, he talks about the individual then would rise to walk in newness of life. Not only is the person purified or cleansed, but they rise to, lift, to live a different way. So we see newness of life is something that's enjoyed as a blessing in the spiritual family. In Romans chapter six, verse three, it says, "Or do you not know that as many of you, as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death?" Verse four says, "Therefore we are buried with Him, in baptism, uh, through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should rise to walk in newness of life." God's design within the blessings of a spiritual family, we also enjoy sanctification being set apart, being made something special. That's really what the Jews were all about. You know, the Jews were all about knowing that they were something special. They were God's chosen people. And you know, God has the same design And within his chosen people. It's just today, the chosen people aren't just bloodline. The chosen people today are just obedient. The chosen people today are those that follow God's word we under, we enjoy sanctification. If you would look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we'll be we'll be looking at verse 2. It says to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call in the name of the Lord Jesus they call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Once again, they enjoy sanctification. So there's some very special blessings we enjoy. We enjoy hope in First Peter chapter 1. In First Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again unto a living hope. We've got something special because we've got hope for the future. We've got a hope that outweighs anything else that this world has to throw at us. It outweighs any blessing that this world can physically give us because we've got hope of heaven. As you go on in verse 4, it said, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled which fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. There's something special. There is a hope that earth cannot compare to. We have salvation. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, for that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. Once again, we see the hope. We see what we have to look forward to in the promise of salvation as we live according to God's family. Now, as we close, I want to look at one more point. Being outside the Christian family. We look at the physical family and all the blessings of it. We look at the spiritual family and blessings of it. But notice what it is outside the family of Christ. One outside, the, outside of Christ is really missing everything. And I mean there is nothing the world has to offer outside of Christ. You know in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13 that's really the point. You know I've tried everything. I gave it my all to figure out what was so special about life. I gave it my all to figure out what I could enjoy and how I could be so blessed and enjoy so many things upon earth. And he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Notice, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole of man. It's all we've got. It's all we have outside of the Christian family, outside of being a part of the family of Christ. Man, there's nothing. There's nothing to look forward to. There's no hope for anything. Maybe that's why we see we see sadness in some homes. Maybe as we look at the the celebrities that seem to have everything in our eyes but yet oftentimes they, they have a life that's ended with suicide. It's because they didn't have the understanding It's pointed out in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Fear God and keep His commandments. That's the purpose. That's God designed. They lost out on everything. You know, those that are outside of the family of Christ are only counted as dead. They don't have anything. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll be looking at verses 2 through 5. In Ephesians chapter 2 it says, In which... "...you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses." Notice what happens. made us alive together made us alive together with our with Christ by grace you have been saved so we see that the ones that were outside these individuals we were once dead outside of Christ without Christ one is considered nothing more than dead in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 it refers to that without hope and without God they don't have anything Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 says that at a time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. They really don't have anything at all. But tonight, if that's you, we want to make a change. And let me tell you about that change. In Galatians chapter 3, the verse that we looked at earlier. There's a design. There's a plan. There's God's will. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, it said, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you tonight to put your faith in Christ Jesus. Notice in verse 27 it says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And I want to tell you tonight, you need to put on Christ. Because you want to talk about hope? It's in Christ. You want to talk about salvation? It's in Christ. You want to talk about the family of God, redemption, newness of life, sanctification, all those great things? It's in Christ. And if you're outside of Christ, we want to make a change. We want to help you make that change that puts you in the family of Christ, experiencing the blessings that Christ offers. If you haven't given your life to Christ, why not? What could hold you back? What could prevent you? It's only you. It's only you. If you're willing to confess His name, willing to change your life, to give your life to Him, give up on the things the world has to offer, because in the end, it leads to nothing but death. You miss everything that the world has to offer. One would be left without hope. If you haven't given your life to Christ, today's the day. In Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, I love the way they put it. And now why tarryest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. If you haven't given your life to Christ, do that now as we stand and sing.